This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, and Tinsley Law and Title. Their sponsorship makes it possible for me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by visiting each of their Facebook pages. Hello, friends. It's Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am in the, uh, I always say I'm in the office, but I'm actually in the courtroom of County Judge Wade McKinney. How are you doing today, Judge? Doing well, Mike. Thank you. All right, guys. We're going to get right to this. We have a lot of things to cover. There's uh, storms coming. We want to talk about the burn ban. Uh, we've got some new things on COVID, plus uh, some information on what's going on with the budget. So we're going to get right to it and talk about storms. And we got to put an S on the end of that. Yes. Because there's two of them suppo- uh, hitting uh, the state, although... I guess we're supposed to be in one right now, right? Yeah, um, Marco's kind of playing out. As I said, it it began to weaken, which they said it's kind of common when you have two storms that get together, though we don't have them very often here, but one will Well, it is 2020, so... It it is. In 2020, there's two. (laughs) Exactly. Incidentally, uh, it's been since 1959 since we've had two storms in the Gulf at once. So, 61 years. It's 61 years. Again, 2020. It's 2020. <laughs> 2020, my friends. Okay. But, but, yeah, the clouds today, you know, and it's a bit cooler. It's kind of the remnants of Marco. Right. You know, off to the east is going to get. And then we expect to get some rain probably tonight, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're what they're all forecasting and just waiting for Laura. And so, um, we've already had a little bit of an impact from, in our county, uh, with some extra prisoners. We have. Uh, Orange County is one of the counties down there at Beaumont, um, basically, that ended up having a need to evacuate um, their facilities in preparation for it. And over the night, we took in a um, little over 100 prisoners as a temporary sheltering location for Orange County. So they'll just be here a few days, depending on what happens. Depending on what happens, that's right. Um, hopefully, they're only here for a few days before yes. we send them back to Orange County. Um, so we've seen it before um, where in big storms, when there's a lot of damage, that the county has been called on to act as a refugee center, as right. help in different ways. So where are we with that process right now this year? In in this one, it's a little bit different than the others, given that um, the, with COVID, COVID has actually limited a lot of emergency responses. You know, um, Red Cross is limited by their workforce because of COVID. They're, they're not able to assist as much as they have in the past with being able to provide services to these victims so there's some concern with that on the coast of how that's going to work a out. lot of a lot of um, red cross workers are older or some in that demographic that real right. demographic that has to be really careful and from what we have learned from um, the texas department of emergency management or tdem as we call them is that they have focused their efforts on um, state-driven um, assets in those locations and counties are going to be playing a secondary role i know in our um, ddc6 region which is our ecog kind of region the 14 counties there um, there are no shelters planned to be stood up in this area 
for one of the main reasons being is being able to support those individuals they come in the more metropolitan areas have those dallas fort worth have better capability but what we're looking at is supporting our our uh, other counties that need help such as orange county did and given that if there is a quite a bit of storm damage they will make a call out for assistance Uh, there's only been once in my time that we've responded in a fashion to help with storm debris but like I said, it is 2020. You never know what You never know. I also know that sometimes when there's storms down there, local VFDs or local mm-hmm. departments will go down and help out. There have been, even the wildfires in West Texas a number of years ago, we had some departments deploy over there. Some of our assets went over to assist. And if things get to that and the need comes out, there'll be a response. So the emergency response, you're... you're system here at the county is going to be pretty active over the yes. next couple of days. We we have already begun the process of getting everything in place as far as our administration. Uh, the assets are always available and in place. It's that administration portion of it that you have to set up to be FEMA compliant, TDM compliant. You have it ready. You just have to unbox it and make sure everybody's queued up. Uh, that. That great phrase you taught me, stood up. <laughs> stood up, exactly. Yeah, everybody stood up for We're this We're pre-stood up at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, th- this is another thing. I mean, it's not just, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong or, or how it works. Like, is this something that only happens for these big hurricanes that come through? Or do you go on alert for, we have some of the big thunderstorms we have come through here. I mean, you know... I come from New Jersey where a thunderstorm is just a thunderstorm, but I know now that in Texas a thunderstorm can be a little more than just, uh, you know, a little bit of rain. They could do a lot of damage, and we have uh, the threats of tornadoes and things like that. What happens locally when one of those kind of storms comes through? When we, when we have word that we are expecting to have that, that type of an event, we begin to make our contact points. Within the county, commissioners be on one call-down box. You have the emergency response on another call-down box. We begin to start saying, okay, everybody, here we go. We'll, we'll send texts to the group, make sure everybody's on. We'll begin those communication portions of it that are really crucial when you're looking at responses. Okay, you used a little jargon there. I'm not used to what's call-down box. A call-down box, and it comes from dealing with, if you have a computer, which I know you do, you have a drop-down box that has different options in there. When What I call a call-down box is much the same. When I hit this button, it brings me, make sure that all four of my commissioners are in it, plus the fire marshal Got it. all the way down. Sure. This group is together, and that may be a better term to use it for, this communication group. Sure. And uh, we we test all of those prior to so that in the immediate, immediate response, everyone knows they can get in contact with each other immediately. All right, so we've got that all ready mm-hmm. to go. It's going to be um, um, watching what's going on over the next 24, 48 hours. So let's say something happens locally, mm-hmm. um, and um, there's <clears throat> storm damage or problem. I know that sometimes in, in, in the recent past, uh, different um, commissioners, commissioners have had to close roads yes, um, or those kinds of things. Is that something you you put up on your website? Is that 
where folks can find that information? That is what we have begun to do since the beginning of COVID as we have started this uh, social media communication. Right, one you have way your own Facebook page now? Yes. Uh, we do put that information up and have posted okay. not only there but also on our website. Right. right. Uh, if there's a road closure, storm conditions, things like that, we try to get that information out there. All right, so uh, let's move on a little bit, but still sticking with the fact that there's a storm on the horizon. Um, burn ban was on the agenda for Monday. Yes. Uh, but we are not in a burn ban. No, uh, you, and you and I discussed this last week. When discussion of burn ban begins, uh, every, we go to our four corners and we begin looking at our needs for the quadrants of the county or the precincts. And the discussion was around that even though we dropped 109 points after the rain of last week, it is already back up, I believe, within 10 points of saying we need a burn ban. But with the uncertainty of the rain, that if we're going to get it or not, which we've got our fingers crossed, and if this works, you and I'll make it rain. Always. If this works. So, um, but we do have it on next week's agenda. If it does not play out, uh, I'll just about guarantee there will be a burn ban on. And again, when you're looking at putting a burn ban, the county is so wide. Even if we get an instance where there's a great deal of rain on the east side, we still have the west side that's an issue. And unless you do the entire county, there's the whole overlapping Highway 19. Sure, we've been there issue. before. Yes. And that's the thing. It's, it's interesting that. Uh, it can be so dry on one side of the county and plenty wet on the other side exactly. of the county. Um, yeah, but burn ban on the agenda. On the agenda. Um, which means it will definitely rain. It, because if, if let's say, uh, it's been two weeks now. Right. That we've been talking about this. We had had no rain forever. Right. Uh, it was super dry. The county commissioners said, okay, let's put it on the agenda. You and I came together and talked about it was going to be on the agenda. I think three days later, it poured down rain so bad that there was a 109-point drop in the yes. Peach Byram Index. Yep. Uh, and then you said, well, we're going to keep it on the agenda anyway, just in case. And so Mother Nature said, fine, here's two hurricanes. Yes. And so, yeah, I blame everything on the commissioners <laughs> in Henderson County. Well, we ho we wish that we um, were 100% accurate on this because then we couldn't go on the road with this show. I don't know. You're pretty, <laughs> you're pretty close. You're pretty close. By the way, guys, this is a running joke for 10, 12 years, 10, 12 years 15 yeah. years. This this is not this is not something that we just came up with. This is something that has been happening for ten or long fifteen time, years. Time. Every time the commissioners mention uh, burn ban, yeah. it rains. It, it even changed the way that uh, the commissioners will pass the burn ban. Used to it was thirty days. Oh yeah, that's what Boom, we did. Done within seven days, it would be raining cats and dogs, and we'd have to come back and yep. lift the burn ban. So that's why you see now more. There will be a. 14-day burn ban, or if it is longer, they'll put in a caveat for giving the judge the authority to lift. Or while it's on the agenda, while it's while the burn ban is on, it's with a check every meeting Yes, <laughs> to see where we're at because yep, we can that. pull it off at any time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you're right. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. but you're absolutely right. The way the county has 
approached burn bands has changed in that time period. It has. The worst time that I remember uh, was in the mid-2000s. We actually had to ban outdoor cooking. Right. It got so bad. It got bad. so bad. And um, it was real interesting. We even had a meeting on a Saturday about it, if I remember correctly. I mean, no, I remember that drought. Yeah, it yeah, was tough. That was tough. All over, the, all over the state was really, really dry. Okay, so let's move on. Um, time for our weekly check on COVID numbers. And I, I'm going to say this when we start. I got a couple of different messages from folks this past week asking me for the numbers here or there or whatever. And I, and I was happy to give them to them. But I'm going to say to our listeners, I like to come in here and talk to you about it once a week and and look at the numbers on a weekly basis and not really look at them every single day because as we've talked before there happen to be their data dumps there are mm-hmm. different things that happen that show that when you look at covid numbers you can get a lot of information out of trends right whereas daily spikes can be due to other things or catch-ups and things like that, which becomes important this week as we um, come into this because the the main story has to be three new deaths in Henderson County um, connected to COVID. It it is, and we watched this for a while because there was a discrepancy between the two reporting agencies. You know, we have NetHealth here locally, which is really a godsend in many ways. Which is our, which is Henderson County's health district. It is, and it is in charge of our um, disease surveillance for those seven counties. And there was a discrepancy that we had watched for several days between NetHealth and the Department of State Health Services. State Health Services had us with um, two more deaths than NetHealth did, and it took about three to four days to track down, and then actually we found the third one in that. And I don't know the specifics of what the delay was, but it's just an example of how there is so many individuals involved in this and so many of them disconnected that this information is, is, as you say, as trends are very helpful, but as individual statistics get very complicated due to so many hands in the pie. Right, and so the way it worked out was Net Health reported in Henderson County three new deaths, and that was just yesterday on right. Tuesday. But what we know is, no, that does not mean that all three people died either Tuesday or even on the same day. Right. It was that's when that's when those statistics, that's when that number was updated. And, that's and right. The one other thing I want to say is as we do this, it's real easy sometimes to just treat these as numbers, and they're not. They're not. These are... These are more families who are absolutely devastated, and our, our thoughts and prayers are with them, and I don't want to right. treat it like it's anything less than what it is, which is a devastating thing for those families. Right. So as we go forward, though, these, these three new deaths, we have to remember that they didn't happen on one day. Right. Um, and it's possible that some of them had been... Could have been over a week. Yeah. So that does take our deaths up to 15 for Henderson County, however. Um, From a case standpoint, 
uh, it seems that we have continued to level out. I've even seen some a couple of lower numbers coming in lately where it actually seems to be dropping a little bit. It does. And when you're looking at the Henderson County numbers, like I said, um, those numbers being brought through Net Health, those are the numbers that we have to work with directly. When you're looking at the total, and as we, we tell everyone, the trauma service area, which is the area that we are involved in, the state is broken up into 22 areas. We are in trauma service area G. And as you have watched the, the statistics over that and watched the numbers, they have continued to fluctuate between 200 and 270. It seems like each time that it drops a little bit, it doesn't get quite as high again. It, it'd get to 200, it'd go up to 220, and now the low, uh, 196, I believe, is where it was a couple of days ago. So what we're talking about there is hospitalizations, the TSA that right. the judge is talking about are the trauma service area is what the state breaks our hospitals down into. Correct. And, and the reason I jumped to the hospitalizations right. is because those are the actual census numbers you can get your right. hands Right. You on. and I talk about it. We I mean, do. that's one that we can say, look, I know for sure that these are human beings that are in the hospital. I don't right. have, we're not, we're not doing this. Well, is somebody... Is, does somebody have the test right. who tested positive who doesn't have any symptoms, or is there someone out there who is or, sick but decided not to go to the doctors right. who didn't or have they symptoms? Are probable, or, or they, they are probable, will, yeah. or they're not? Are they recovered or not? Rec- we're, we're not dealing with that. We go straight to, to this the, to get an idea right. of how sick the community is. Exactly, and again, we say this. I say this time and time again. It is a lagging indicator, but is the most accurate indicator sure. that we can but when you look at and we talk about this the testing it fluctuates uh, it's been interrupted due to reagents it's been all of these things well and and they and it keeps on changing i noticed this morning that the cdc has changed its guidelines yes for what they want and today on monday i guess it was they said okay so up till now it's been if you've been in contact with somebody who is positive, you need to go get tested. Right. The new directive is if you have been in contact with somebody who is positive, but you don't have any symptoms, you don't have to go get tested. Right. And I saw um, this week that I think Dallas County has even lowered more of their testing criteria because of the fall off of individuals even wanting to be tested. Right. You know, testing is so hard to to get a grip on, but it does give you an idea of what could be coming in the future. It does have it does, its place. It does. It absolutely has its place. But then it goes to what we were saying. This is how come trends and things like this are yes. important. Yeah, but why? we always seem to go to the hospitalization numbers, the TSA numbers, because those are people who are sick, right? who are in the hospital. We can, we can, we can make a very real um, reading of. Right. And so what I'm hearing is 
level to trending down in hospitalizations. Yes. Which is great news. It really is. I mean, when you compare to what the state has done, it's fantastic. It's gone from a high of almost 11,000 on one single day down to 4,900 as of yesterday. So statewide we are really seeing some progression in the in this area it's in as you shrink the area down the numbers move less because you have a smaller sampling sure so what are we what are we thinking that what are we thinking that's from why are we seeing fewer people in the hospital is it because is it because people are getting better at preventive maintenance if you will is it because um we've gotten it's been through our community more so there are fewer people getting sick i i i believe it's some of all given the combination of all of it together better better uh treatment once you get it you you have we know more we have better treatment options We have better um, options. We have the populace is doing better with it. Everyone, you know, we have the mask order from, or the mask suggestion from the state. You know? yeah, please, please say suggestion, <laughs> not order, because yes. we don't want to turn this into a political podcast. Right. This is but, supposed to be a see, every, thing. every part of our society has adjusted yeah. to this, and every part of the society is taking some type of steps. I. I would almost bet a lunch that hand washing has never reached this level before. So I was talking to Jennifer the other day about it. And I said, it seems like the minute I put my hand, like like the absolute second I put my hands in water anymore, they prune up like yeah. that. Because it's like, it's like they're just waiting to it, get pruny. Everything adjusts and adapts and i believe what you're seeing is is that happening here it's through the adjustment of the circumstances of covid that has got us to this point but by adjusting our circumstances can change we've spoken about we're getting into the most social time of the this year is it. with school starting Schools, everything else yeah. so brownsboro isd coming to athens yeah. Bruce Field, Friday night for the opener uh, of the 2020 football season. Exactly. And it's going to be one of those things that we don't know what the social mingling is going to bring. So it's interesting because for all of the arguing about masks are bad or you're like, like I, I saw somewhere in the Midwest, the Republican Party is suing their Republican governor because he put a mask mandate out for all the political stuff about it. It seems to me for the most part, number one, a majority of people have come up with a way to approach COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a combination of masks and common sense, social distancing. Right. Like, so when I walked in, Mm-hmm. I, I wore a mask. There were people in here. I wore masks. As I walked. I walked over to a corner of the room where I was ten feet away from everybody. Took off my mask so I could talk to you. That's right. Very, very common sense kind of way to do it. Exactly. Uh, and I think a lot of people have come to that. The other part of that is the people, like 
I don't see quite as much of the anger. Like if someone just is like, I don't believe in it, whatever. We know those people are here and when they walk by, it's so, okay, mm-hmm. we'll just walk away. <laughs> Everyone tending to their own knitting is yes. what it used Tend- to be. <laughs> wow, tending to their own knitting. I like that. That's, I, I, don't that's know if they had, I don't know if they had that term in they didn't Jersey. They didn't say that in Jersey. Uh, in East Texas, we've had that yeah, term. <laughs> yeah, I think back there we uh, called it mind your own beeswax. Yeah, there you go. So, Which is uh, not something we do really well anymore. We no. like to mind everybody else's business now. We don't there's, there's even i think this has been around for thousands of years it was something about a log being in my eye or oh, your eyes okay well <laughs> here we go we're gonna get we're gonna get biblical up in here all right so um but that's where we are on covid right now yeah. covid is um we are plateaued to dropping yes um yes. in both cases and in hospitalizations right now right next month we we've said it before we said it last week so the next month is going to be really important with kids back in school with um the resumption of extracurriculars right. and it's by the way it's not just at school guys i see it in other places as well um the the uh, events that have been postponed all year mm-hmm. long are tentatively planned in October and November to give it a shot. Right. And so um, I see a lot of those kinds of events coming up as well. And so we're going to see what happens in the next four to eight weeks. And I think that hospitalization number is going to be the key. All right, let's get out of here on a good note. Talking about the budget, you guys took a pretty big step this week uh, in your Tuesday meeting on the budget. We did. Um, we began to wrap, wrap it up. Uh, we've got a, a proposed budget that has been worked on for the last uh, two months. We're getting it down to the finalization of it. And, of course, uh, what everyone is wanting to know is on the tax rate. And what the commissioner's court has proposed this year is actually a reduction in the tax rate of a little over a cent and a half in evaluation. Almost 1.6. Almost 1.6. And it's something that, given all of the... As we spoke last week, all of the um, rising costs, the unexpected costs, and also trying to be very conservative with how we uh, handle matters financially, we're able to get this down and get ourselves situated and braced for next year because we still do not know with what the outcome of COVID will be economically. All right, so folks, if you missed that last week, we actually did 15, 20 minutes on county government and their budget and how it goes together and the different factors. And we talked about the some of the unseen mm-hmm. costs, the unseen increases that hit you in this past year. So if you missed it, you want to check that out. That's in last week's podcast. You can find it on the Substack. Um what I'm interested this week make sure is uh, part of this process is there's going to be a series of public hearings. There are. There are two public hearings scheduled for September the 1st. And the first one is at 930, and that is for the tax rate hearing. And then the second one is at 935. And, yes, we schedule them close together, but that second one doesn't have to start at 935. It just means we can't start before 935. Right. That one will be for the setting of the – or for the public hearing for the budget. 
And then we have a couple of more items where we take action on setting both of those. And that's going to be at your regular meeting next Tuesday. Regular meeting September next Tuesday 1st. here at our commissioner's court at the annex. And um, individuals that want to watch, we have a YouTube channel as well. Um, you look up Henderson County Admin, and you'll see almost two years worth of commissioner's court sessions there. And you even have the ability, if you wish to come and speak in person, that's great. If you want to speak but do not want to show up in person, we have the Zoom app and just send in the request through the um, the link and we'll get you set up to speak at the meeting. Okay. What if, what if I'm like working or whatever, what I really want to do is I just want to send you a letter that gets read or something like that. Can I do that? I know I've seen that in a lot of other places. We have not had that happen as of yet, but I'm sure it would be an option. Yeah, because that just makes it easier. We'll just read it into the record. We can do that. And that'll work that way. All right. Hey, guys, I've also checked out the, uh, the YouTube channel. Henderson County Admin is great. You can watch the... Uh, you can watch the commissioner's court live and, and be a part of your local government. Or like me, if you get there late and you uh, need to figure <laughs> out what happened on the ban- burn ban, you can actually scroll back right. and then catch up to what's going on. So it's really a very useful tool. All right. Hey, Judge, we're going to wrap things up on that. Um, I really appreciate you allowing us in to see what's going on in our county government. I guess next week we're going to be talking about how the storm held up and uh, make sure everything went well with the budget. So you guys tune in next week as we see what's happening in your county government. Thank you.